We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your trusty computer for live streaming. That's CITR.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we have, of course, quite a show lined up for you this evening, all kinds of different styles of jazz music and different people doing different things. And, of course, we always begin our show with our jazz feature. And tonight, it's the incredible drum phenomena. Actually, uh, for this month of May, we are featuring drummer leaders. And, of course, last week we had uh, the great Art Blakey, who was, who was about the... Uh, I would call him the dean of drummer leaders. Of course, he led the jazz messengers for so many years, and we heard a choice um, messengers performance with the two Marcellus brothers last week after uh, <laughs> a slight glitch, but uh, we got around to it. Yeah, there was a technical issue, and uh, it kind of uh, stopped everything for a, a few moments, but we finally straightened it out, and got into the jazz feature and the rest of the show. But um, these things happen on live radio, and it's always fun. And uh, it uh, stimulates the adrenaline. Anyway, our jazz feature this evening is all about Tony Williams. Tony Williams, or as he was referred to in his early days by his proper name, Anthony Williams, and then, of course, it became uh, uh, Tony. Um, Tony was really a, a child prodigy. Uh, he was born in Chicago in 1945. And he, of course, um, and his family moved to Boston. And that's where Tony developed his uh, abilities on the drums. And, of course, he was playing. His dad was a, a, a very competent saxophonist. And young Tony, um, once, once he got some chops together on the drums, was, would, uh, would sit in occasionally with his dad and, and so on. And, but it was very obvious to everybody that Tony was developing an incredible uh, style and also a very original style on the drums. And... Um, his father, of course, being a fairly influential musician, set him up uh, with the great Alan Dawson. And, of course, uh, Alan taught him uh, a lot of the proper techniques of drumming and reading drum music and all this kind of stuff. 
So it was very interesting, and um, as fate would have it, the great alto saxophonist Jackie McLean was playing a two-week engagement at a club in Boston and using resident musicians. And the drummer on this gig was none other than Tony Williams. And, of course, Tony just completely turned Jackie McLean around. And uh, uh, after the gig, Jackie said, you know, you've got to come to New York. You're ready. And you've got to come to New York, and you can stay uh, at our house with my family until you get yourself set up. And, of course, Tony, being 17 years old, um, of course, had to ask his parents and all that sort of stuff, but uh, they they trusted Jackie to take care of uh, Tony, and the rest is history. And, of course, Tony began to not only record with Jackie McLean, he recorded with, uh, with Kenny Dorham, and began to uh, be heard around New York City. And, of course, it wasn't long before Miles Davis got wind of Jackie McLean because Miles was looking for a new drummer. Jimmy Cobb had, had left, and Miles was looking for a new drummer. And, of course, as soon as he heard Tony, he went to Jackie and said, i got to have this. i got to have this kid. I want him to join my band. And Jackie said, by all means. And, of course, the rest is history. And, of course, Tony completely uh, turned Miles Davis around um, and uh, actually renewed Miles' energy um, and, of course, uh, was one of the great uh, stimuli in Miles Davis's second great quintet. So, of course... If you're playing with Miles Davis, that's pretty well your set. Your Miles was known as a star maker, and anybody that was working as a sideman with Miles Davis, of course, was, well, uh, you had quite a reputation. And it wasn't long before, uh, and Tony was, of course, making a lot of sideman appearances when Miles was having some time off and appearing on all kinds of uh, uh, recordings, especially a lot of Blue Note recordings. And Alfred Lyon offered Tony um, a recording contract. And Tony recorded uh, his first album under his own name for Blue Note Records, and the album was called Lifetime. And it featured one of his mentors from Boston, a wonderful tenor saxophonist who briefly played with Miles Davis, named Sam Rivers. And um, Herbie Hancock was on that album, as was Bobby Hutchison, the vibest. And there were three bass players, Richard Davis, Gary Peacock, and Ron Carter, uh, all playing on different tunes. And, of course, Tony on drums, and all the compositions were his, uh, which was quite amazing. Now, the album that we're going to hear on our jazz feature is Tony's second, and it was his final album under his own name for Blue Note Records, and it's always been a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I love this album. I love the sound of this album and the quality of recording uh, of this uh, album as well. Now, Tony was 18 when he did this particular session. It was recorded in August of 1965, and this album is called Spring, and 
Interestingly enough, it came with this uh, uh, marvelously minimal cover or minimalist cover and uh, no notes. You didn't have to have, uh, <laughs> there was nothing on there uh, except for the personnel and who was playing on, the, on different tracks. And all the compositions are by Tony Williams. So it's quite an album. And we hear um, on most of the tracks two incredible saxophone players. Sam Rivers being one of them, who I mentioned before, and he was on Tony's first album. And Wayne Shorter, of course, who Tony was playing with in Miles Davis's band. On piano, of course, Herbie Hancock. And uh, Hancock, of course, is uh, quite very, very creative on this album and um, does some very interesting uh, and very innovative uh, playing. And on bass, on four of the five tunes is Gary Peacock, the great Gary Peacock. Of course, he went on to work with Keith Jarrett for so many years. Gary has played literally with everybody, phenomenal bass player, and he's just retired, uh, sadly enough, uh, from playing. And, of course, his playing here is, is uh, nothing short of amazing. And, of course, Tony Williams on drums. All the compositions are by Tony Williams, and the first one features the full band, and it's called Extras. The second tune is a Tony Williams drum solo, and it's a very, very interesting um, drum solo, and of course it, it shows how innovative and what an amazing sound that Tony was able to get out of the standard drum kit. Following, uh, and that tune is called Echo. So that's a drum solo. Tune number three is... Uh, entitled From Before, and again, that features the, the full band. Tune number four is basically a feature for tenor saxophonist Sam Rivers, and Wayne Shorter does not play on tune number four. It's Sam Rivers is the lead voice on tenor saxophone, um, Herbie Hancock on piano, and of course Gary Peacock and Tony Williams. So, Shorter is not on this. The last tune, which kind of ends a little bit mysteriously, it's almost like it just cuts off, but we hear an incredible solo. Uh, the two saxophonists are back on the final tune. Oh, and by the way, the, the tune featuring Sam Rivers is called Love Song. Okay, and then tune number five, the final tune, uh, features both tenor saxophonists, but most prominently, a very, very exploratory solo by Wayne Shorter. And that tune is called T, like a golf tee, T-E-E. And that's it. That's the program on this particular album. Now, the music here is innovative, it's edgy, it's uh, I guess it, it is, I call it um, avant-garde with responsibility, or um, a better way of putting it, the music is very free 
and it's uh, I, I would describe the music as freedom with responsibilities. <laughs> okay, um, that's my take on this album. So we're going to hear it. This is our jazz feature album. This, this is the phenomenal music of the one and only Tony Williams. Incidentally, sad to say, um, Tony left us quite early. Uh, he passed away. He was only 51 when he passed away, uh, February 23rd, 1997. Uh, he went into the hospital for a routine gallbladder operation and unfortunately had a heart attack in uh, right after the operation, and that was the end of uh, his life. And um, very sad because he was such a he had so much more to give. However, we do have these recordings, and we're going to start right now with the album Spring. Tony Williams. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
And that's how that piece ends, just all of a sudden. However, we heard the entire album that was issued on Blue Note Records. It was the second of two that uh, the incredible drummer Tony Williams did for that label in the mid-60s. This one was recorded in August of 1965, and we heard a whole group of tunes all written and created by the one and only Tony Williams, and he was only 18 years old at that time. And, of course, he'd been playing with uh, Miles Davis since 1963, and... Tony Williams was a big part of Miles Davis's what they called his second great quintet. Tony joined in 1963 and left in 1969 to form his own group. But these two Blue Note albums, very innovative, very edgy, and very original, and uh, almost unexpected um, because of the different context that Tony was playing in, and uh, this, these albums were sort of his own musical vision. This one, as I said, was the second album. The album was entitled Spring, and it featured two incredible saxophonists, Wayne Shorter and Sam Rivers. And, of course, Sam Rivers was one of Tony's mentors um, in Boston where Tony grew up and learned how to play music. And so they went back a long time. The pianist on here, of course, is the great Herbie Hancock, who is coming to this year's Vancouver International Jazz Festival. He's going to be one of the big stars. On bass, the great Gary Peacock. And, um, of course, we know Gary Peacock from his years of working with uh, another uh, piano-playing phenomenon, Keith Jarrett. And, of course, Tony Williams on drums. Now, the first piece of music features no piano, uh, or featured no piano, but the two uh, saxophonists um, are heavily featured, and Wayne Shorter, Sam Rivers, Gary Peacock, and Tony Williams. And that first tune was called Extras. The second tune is actually a drum solo, and a very creative, and uh, with all kinds of different effects, um, and the great sound that uh, Tony got from his drum kit. And that second tune was entitled Echo. Then the horns were back with Herbie Hancock um, with a, a very uh, very different kind of composition uh, entitled From Before. Then Wayne Shorter drops out for the next tune, and it uh, spotlights Sam Rivers on tenor saxophone. And tune number four was entitled Love Song. Then the final tune, the whole band is on there, but it's primarily a feature for a very exploratory tenor saxophone solo by Wayne Shorter. And, uh, of course, we hear Herbie Hancock, and it ends with uh, a bass solo by Gary Peacock. And Sam Rivers is only only appears just at the very beginning of the tune, and uh, before Shorter takes off into his long and wonderfully convoluted tenor saxophone solo. And that final tune is called T. 
So that's the content of this album. And again, it's uh, unique and, and very different. I call it uh, free jazz with responsibilities, if you get my drift. And I hope you enjoyed our jazz feature this evening. The wonderful drummer Tony Williams and his album Spring. We're doing four drummer leaders uh, this month, and Tony Williams is our second uh, jazz feature artist, drummer leader. And uh, we'll continue with that until the end of the month. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, or, of course, on your trusty computer, CITR.ca. And we're going to continue in with some more stuff right after a couple of announcements. Join us on Thursday, May 16th from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. PST for the 5th Annual Access Day and enjoy 10 straight hours of programming produced around the theme Accessibility in Our Community. Pieces were contributed from radio stations across Canada. There will be live performances by Greg Labine and Christina Sheldon out of the Vancouver Adapted Music Society. You can tune into your local campus and community radio station or stream online at citr.ca. said that people disappoint, but pizza is eternal. That adage is being put to the test with Canadians weighing in on pizza, love, and slice etiquette. Six in ten Canadians have some type of relationship deal breaker when it comes to pizza, but one in three have no pizza love limits at all. The top deal breaker was eating pizza in bed at 18%, and closely behind was anchovies on pizza at 17%. Next up were picks the cheese off at 10, eats pizza with a knife and fork at 8%, uses too much garlic dipping sauce at 7%, puts pineapple on pizza at 6%, doesn't eat the crust at 6%, and eats it cold at 4%. So cuddle up on the couch and share some za and some love. This Quarter Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, This Quarter lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of This Quarter Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. We're going to pay tribute now to one of the great modern jazz pianists. I'm talking about William McKinley Garland, Jr., better known as Red Garland. Red Garland was born in Dallas on this day in 1923 and passed away April 23, 1984. He was only 60, a great musician. Um, He began... Uh, his musical studies on clarinet and alto saxophone, and then in 1941 switched to piano and taught himself 
uh, how to play. And it wasn't long before um, he headed to uh, the big cities, the big northern cities, and uh, was working um, quite a bit out of uh, Philadelphia and began to uh, uh, be heard and uh, play with all kinds of different musicians, including Charlie Parker and uh, Art, Art Blakey and uh, all kinds of people. But he really didn't become famous until he joined Miles Davis's first great quintet, and that's the group that featured uh, John Coltrane, Philly Joe Jones, and Paul Chambers, and Red Garland. Um, interestingly enough, Garland had a very short career as a welterweight boxer as well, and he fought more than 35 fights, and uh, one of them was an exhibition bout with the legendary Sugar Ray Robinson. And Garland lost, but uh, the fact that he was fighting on that level showed how uh, competent he was as a fighter. But anyway, he, he gave that up and, of course, uh, concentrated on his music, and we're happy he did that. When he joined Miles Davis, of course, um, again, Miles is kind of uh, a jazz star producer, um, and Prestige Records came calling and, and uh, asked Red um, to sign a contract, and Red began recording a whole bunch of albums for Prestige Records, and to this day, these albums remain classic piano trio albums. They're all quite wonderful. Uh, Garland explored a variety of tunes, standard tunes, and so on, and his own inimitable way of playing, of course, um, is is very evident uh, on these. And generally, uh, his accompanists were um, bassist Paul Chambers and drummer Arthur Taylor. And uh, so we're going to hear uh, three tunes from Red Garland's very first album that he did for Prestige Records. And we open with a, a Charlie Parker composition taken way up. Uh, it's a tune called Constellation. And then we slow things down with a blues, because Red was a master of playing uh, slow kind of blues. And uh, we have the uh, next piece of music, which is an original by him. It's called simply Blue Red. And uh, the third tune is kind of a medium-tempo, bouncy thing. It's a tune written by Duke Ellington. And, um, well, you should know this tune is called Sea Jam Blues. So Red Garland playing Constellation first, Blue Red second, and Sea Jam Blues third. And he's accompanied by the great Paul Chambers on bass and the very tasty Arthur Taylor on drums. Our tribute to the late, great Red Garland. Wherever you are, happy birthday today.
We're paying tribute to the great pianist Red Garland, whose birthday it is today, or birthday anniversary it is today. And, of course, as I mentioned before, Red became famous playing with Miles Davis. And then after he left uh, Davis, he went out on his own and formed his own trio and, of course, did scads of albums. Red Garland, uh, one of the most distinctive um, pianists. And um, we heard an example of uh, sort of three different um, ways of playing uh, that, uh, of course, uh, Red's style could cover all bases. Um, the three tunes we heard, first of all, uh, the first one, the up-tempo one, was a composition by Charlie Parker, and it was entitled Constellation. And Red, of course, was accompanied by the great bassist Paul Chambers and drummer Arthur Taylor. And that was... Um, those three people, of course, recorded so many albums with uh, with Red. And one of the things about uh, when he signed with Prestige Records, uh, his his albums really sold a lot and uh, kept Prestige Records afloat. So um, there's a lot of Red Garland on uh, on Prestige, even though he went on in later years to record for other labels. Anyhow, getting back to uh, the tunes we heard, Constellation, as I mentioned, is the first one by Charlie Parker, and then the Slow Blues was um, created by Red called Blue Red. And the third tune, of course, is a Duke Ellington staple called Sea Jam Blues. So we're going to conclude the Red Garland tribute with a couple of tunes. Um, same people involved, Paul Chambers on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums, and two standard tunes. And that sort of gives you an idea of Red's um, approach. The first tune is a ballad um, written by the great Ray Noble, and it's called The Very Thought of You. And the second tune is um, a great tune, show tune that was uh, written by Lerner and Lowe, a wonderful songwriting combination. And uh, that tune is called Almost Like Being in Love. Red loved to play these tunes. This was his stand, aside from playing the blues and a couple of original tunes, he loved to interpret standard tunes. And so we're going to hear two examples of him doing that. More Red Garland.
Pianist Red Garland with Paul Chambers on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums. We're paying tribute to Red because it's his birthday anniversary today. He was born on this day in 1923 in Dallas, Texas. The great Red Garland. We heard him do two tunes, standard tunes. The first one was called The Very Thought of You, written by Ray Noble, and the second one was Almost Like Being in Love. And we have one more by Red. This time, Paul Chambers is still here, Arthur Taylor is still here, and Ray Barreto on conga drums. And we're going to hear this incredible composition written by Dizzy Gillespie. And it's the title of one of uh, Red's prestige albums. It's called Manteca.
That was our small tribute to pianist Red Garland. And I thought I'd include that tune. That's the title of one of his prestige albums, Manteca. And we heard that, uh, the title track. It's a tune written by Dizzy Gillespie. And, of course, it featured um, Paul Chambers on bass and Arthur Taylor on drums and the great Congero Ray, Ray Barreto and uh, adding immensely to the proceedings and, of course, the, the feel of that tune and uh, really had to have a conga drum in there. Ray was perfect, and uh, he knew how to play with, uh, with jazz musicians. He was a, a jazz conguero and, uh, and did it very well. So our final small tribute to this great pianist, William Red Garland. And I hope you enjoyed that, and we will continue in a very few moments. We have uh, a few important announcements, and we shall carry on. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, or, of course, uh, on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. And before we get into the announcements, I'd just like to mention uh, two things, two fine websites. The first one is vancouverjazz.com. That's a very comprehensive website. It's got some, if you're interested in jazz music and want to find out, um, it has biographies. It's got our jazz features on there. You can browse around that, spend a lot of time. It's a very, very good, um, comprehensive website and administered by... Uh, Brian Nation, who um, keeps everything up to date, and there's lots of uh, relevant information to what's happening now, and of course, all kinds of other stuff that's on there too. So check it out, VancouverJazz.com. And the other important website is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. Now, you know that Coastal Jazz um, presents the Vancouver International Jazz Festival every summer. And it's one of the highlights of the summer season. And, of course, all kinds of people are coming this year. And there's all sorts of free concerts and all that kind of stuff. And we're actually going to have a very special show in June. June 17th will be uh, our jazz festival show. And I'm going to have one of the founding fathers of... um, Coastal Jazz and Blues, my good friend John Orsick. And John's going to bring a whole pile of music and talk about the Jazz Festival. And that's going to happen on June the 17th. So it'll be um, a really fine show. But if you want to get onto your computer and get into what's happening at the Jazz Festival this year, you can do it very easily by going to coastaljazz.ca. It's a very comprehensive website. And it covers everything. And uh, you can purchase tickets. You can make reservations at Frankie's, which, is, of course, is a club that's um, sponsored by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society and programmed by Corey Weeds. And there's lots of exciting music down there. Uh, you can get all of that stuff on coastaljazz.ca. So check it out. VancouverJazz.com, CoastalJazz.ca. One more thing, I'd just like to mention Pat's Pub in uh, the Vancouver 
downtown east side. That's, of course, in the historic Patricia Hotel. And they have lots of music down there, all kinds of things. But on Saturday afternoon is devoted to some of our finest musicians, our finest jazz musicians. And they are there from 3 until 7. And it's uh, always packed out down there, so it's really best to get down there early. And uh, there's lots of free parking around. Also, one of the big bonuses with the Saturday afternoon thing at Pat's Pub, no cover charge. So if you can uh, afford a beer or a cup of coffee, you're in. And um, some of our finest musicians play at Pat's Pub. So check it out, Saturday afternoons from 3 to 7. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, It's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah, 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help, and all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discord or magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. we got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass rent evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. some really good weather, but uh, things have uh, changed up a little bit, and uh, tonight, well, mainly cloudy with a possibility, a 30% chance of a shower overnight with a low of 11. Then tomorrow is going to be cloudy with uh, some rain beginning in the morning, so uh, there you go. Low of 11 and a high of 14. That's for Tuesday, and that's tomorrow. Wednesday isn't too bad. It's a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 10 and a high of 17. Thursday is a mix of sun and cloud, but a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 7 and a high of 18. Friday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, 11 low and high 15. And Saturday 
is a mix of sun and cloud. No precipitation in the forecast with a low of 9 and a high of 18. Looks like a better day. And Sunday is cloudy with only a 30% chance of a shower, a low of 10 and a high of 18, getting into the long weekend, the Victoria Day long weekend. So that's the prognosis for the week of the weather. So there you go. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're going to take you back to the Royal Roost. That's a legendary New York club on 52nd Street and a broadcast by the one and only Charlie Parker and his working quintet. And we're going to hear three tunes that were on this uh, particular broadcast recording, which took place January 15th, 1949, just after Christmas. And we're going to hear three compositions by his working band, which included, of course, uh, Charlie Parker on alto saxophone, one of the great geniuses of jazz music, and there's very few of those. Charlie Parker definitely was one. And um, he's appearing here with Kenny Dorham on trumpet, who had just replaced Miles Davis in the band, and the great Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums. The first tune is a composition by Charlie Parker called Scrapple from the Apple. The second tune is a Charlie Parker Dizzy Gillespie composition entitled Bebop, which, of course, was what their innovative music was called. And the third tune was written by the great Tad Dameron, and it's one of the anthems of modern jazz, or bebop, and uh, that tune is called Hothouse. So, these three tunes were part of this January 15th, 1949 broadcast from the Royal Roost, Charlie Parker.
it's Mr. Bob himself, the great bird, Charlie Parker, and the All-Stars all with a new sound in modern progressive jazz. And right now, one you all remember, that bird Dizzy and Al Haig made and Curly Russell long time ago for Gill, the thing called Hot House. <laughs> Thank you. 
Recorded January 15th, 1949, it's a long time ago, at the Royal Roost on 52nd Street in New York City, one of the great uh, jazz clubs, and Charlie Parker and his working band, his quintet, with the great Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums, and of course Charlie Parker on alto saxophone. And the voice you heard in there, of course it was a radio broadcast, and uh, the voice you heard was the um, one of the great supporters of modern jazz, the great uh, disc jockey, Symphony Sid. And uh, he announced uh, one of the tunes in there. The three tunes we heard were, the first one was Charlie Parker's original composition called Scrapple from the Apple. The second tune was a composition by, that he wrote in conjunction with Dizzy Gillespie. And that tune was called Bebop. And the third tune was written by Tad Dameron and called Hot House. And that became one of the anthems of modern jazz. So three great tunes by Charlie Parker and his working quintet. Now we're going to change the pace. Still going to feature a saxophone player, one of the most distinctive and compelling saxophonists ever to grace the planet. I'm talking about Gato Barbieri, the Argentinian saxophonist, absolutely an amazing musician, Two notes from him, and you can tell it's him. He had an incredible identity, and I think some of his finest work um, was on these albums that uh, he did in the mid-'70s called uh, Latino America. And uh, he recorded with a bunch of um, Argentinian musicians. And, however, we're going to go next door to... um, the next country, Brazil, and Gato is going to record with some great Brazilian musicians that he sought out. None of these guys are well-known, but they're incredible players. And, of course, uh, among the uh, thousands of incredible musicians that live in Brazil and Argentina as well. But this was recorded in Brazil in um, Rio de Janeiro, in April of 1973, and we're going to hear Gato on tenor saxophone with uh, Haleo Del Miro on guitar and um, Dandef de Azevado, who was known as Nickel, on uh, the Cavaco, I think uh, you, I'm pronouncing that right. It's a fall, uh, a, a fall, a small four string guitar. And then Novelli, he only has one name on Fender bass, and um, Paulino on drums. That's uh, Paulino Antonio Braga. And um, also there, Meyuto Correa on congos and triangle. Anyway, um, those are the musicians involved here. And this piece of music actually is, was written by um, Gato Barbieri. And, of course, what it is, uh, the, what it really means is encounters, 
However, um, in Portuguese, this would be Encontros, and that's what we're going to hear. The music of Gato Barbieri. Thank you. 
That was entitled Encontros, and of course that was the great Gato Barbieri, recorded with a whole bunch of uh, musicians from Brazil, and I mentioned all their names, but uh, I don't think I'll do that again. <laughs> they were great musicians, and he, he found them. All of this was recorded in Rio de Janeiro in April of 1973 as part of uh, his series of albums uh, entitled Latino America. And uh, he went to Brazil and did a whole bunch of stuff with uh, Brazilian musicians. He had also recorded a whole album with Argentinian musicians as well. And uh, they both have their distinctive ways. And, of course, Gato... Um, one of the most identifiable saxophone players ever to put the horn in his mouth. Gato was actually born in uh, Argentina, and, uh, of course, he was very familiar with uh, all aspects of music from Latin America. Encontros was the name of that piece. Okay, we're going to move now to a band from Vancouver, and the music is composed by Jalem Bate. And uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. The album is called On the Edge, and it's just been issued. Um, all the music is uh, composed by Jalem, and the, the album was uh, recorded in December of uh, 2019. And... It couldn't have been. We haven't hit 2019 yet. <laughs> I imagine. I think this is a misprint. It must have been recorded December 2018, I would imagine. Uh, I would uh, assume. So, <laughs> wow, I've got an album here that was recorded in the future. No, it's not quite that. Anyway, um, UBC's director of jazz studies, uh, Fred Stride, um, produced this album. And, of course, it features a big band uh, composed of all Vancouver-based musicians. And uh, these are some names that um, you may not be 100% familiar with because they're all uh, younger musicians. But uh, we have Brent Ma, who plays um, alto saxophone, um, Daniel Herzog on trumpet, um, Jocelyn Wall on trumpet, uh, Ricardo Halabi on guitar, and uh, all kinds of uh, uh, different, uh, different musicians. I'm not going to name them all, but um, I will tell you who solos on this. We're going to hear a suite uh, written by um, Jay Lombati, and it's called the Pacific Suite, and it's in four movements. It begins with um, one of the movements entitled, the first movement is Straits and Narrows, and that features trumpeter um, Daniel Herzog and tenor saxophonist Steve Caldestat. The second tune is called Weeping Skies, and it features um, Jacques Forrest on bass and Steve Caldestat once again on tenor saxophone. Then part number three is entitled Uninhabitation, and that features um, 
Let's see. Kevin Jackson, who plays trombone, right, um, on this piece, and Brent Ma on alto saxophone. And the final uh, piece, part four, is entitled Sea of Glass. And it features, once again, Brent Ma on alto saxophone and Jocelyn Waugh on trumpet. All of these musicians um, that we hear are all based uh, in Vancouver, and some of them are graduates of Cap College and so on, but a very, very fine big band. It just shows uh, how much talent we have right here in the city. As I said, this album has just come out, and uh, it's called On the Edge, and uh, you can find more information about this album by going on to your computer, W. Jalambate, and that's spelled J-A-E-L-E-M-B-H-A-T-E dot com. So there you go. So here's the music. This is called the Pacific Suite. Part one, Straits and Narrows. Part two, Weeping Skies. Part three, Uninhabitation. Part four, Sea of Glass.
We just heard a piece of music called the Pacific Suite. All of that music was written by Jalen Bate. And this is from his brand new album called On the Edge. And all the musicians that uh, were in this huge band are all Vancouver residences. And uh, they all live here. And some amazing players. Uh, I'm not going to name everybody in the band, but I will tell you who soloed on the various movements of this piece. Um, It's a suite of music divided into four movements. The first movement was called Straits and Narrows, and the soloists on that were trumpeter Daniel Herzog and tenor saxophonist Steve Caldestat. And then we heard a piece of music, uh, part two, was entitled Weeping Skies, and that featured uh, Jacques Forrest on bass, and once again, Steve Caldestad on tenor saxophone. Then we heard part three was entitled Uninhabitation, and that featured Kevin Jackson on trombone and Brett Ma on alto saxophone. And the final piece of music was entitled Sea of Glass. Uh, That's part four. And that featured Brent Ma once again on alto saxophone and Jocelyn Waugh on trumpet. And, of course, uh, some brilliant musicians in this band. A lot of them are graduates, as I mentioned, from uh, uh, Cap College. And uh, the producer of this album is the redoubtable Fred Stride, of course, who does the um, UBC Jazz Band. He's the director of the jazz program, jazz music program, um, right out here at UBC. And all of this was recorded uh, in December of 2018. The music composed by... Jalem Bate, and very fine album entitled On the Edge. And, of course, the Pacific Suite, which is what we just heard, is kind of the centerpiece of the album. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to hear some music by one of my all-time favorite alto saxophones, the great Jackie McLean. Jackie performs here, and he's making his recording debut with the great Charles Tolliver on trumpet. Charles had just arrived from uh, Florida in New York, and Jackie heard him and, of course, um, invited him to be on this recording, and this was uh, Charles' very first recording on... um, as a sideman. And, of course, he went on to great things. Uh, Charles worked with Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers and Max Roach and, of course, uh, formed his own group and his own big band, and he's still going strong today. On piano, well, he's coming to this year's jazz festival. Herbie Hancock on piano, Cecil McBee on bass, and one of the seven wonders of the world, 
He's in his 90s and is still playing so great. Roy Haynes on drums. And we're going to hear a couple of pieces from this album. The album uh, came out on Blue Note Records and is called It's Time. First piece of music is written by Charles Tolliver. And it's a piece of music that I don't think the President of the United States quite understands. The title of this piece of music is called Truth. Second piece of music is written by Jackie McLean, and it's called Das Dat. Two pieces of music from this album, It's Time. We start with Charles Tolliver's composition, Truth. Thank you. 
We heard two pieces of music from this wonderful album by Jackie McLean, one of the, of course, foremost alto saxophonists and one of the most distinctive. Uh, this was a Blue Note recording, and it was done in August of 1964, and it featured Jackie, of course, leading the band on alto saxophone, and Charles Tolliver, a wonderful trumpet player who really made his mark, still is making his mark on jazz music, and this was Charles's debut recording date as part of this uh, ensemble. And Herbie Hancock on piano, Cecil McBee on bass, and the great Roy Haynes on drums. And we heard two tunes. The first um, piece of music was this ballad written by Charles Tolliver, beautiful thing called Truth. And the second tune, I think, was a very fitting way to uh, end this edition of the jazz, the jazz show <laughs> this evening, and because uh, the tune is called Das Dat, and in, in terms of uh, tonight's jazz show, Das Dat, because we're going to say goodnight, and hope that you join us next week. Um, we start at 9 o'clock in the evening every Monday right here on CITR. And, of course, next week is uh, Victoria Day, May the 20th. And we're going to uh, be here again um, next week with another drummer leader. And uh, that's our theme for this month. And, of course, um, we'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening, those of you that stayed with us for a while. Those of you that stayed with us uh, from the beginning, and those of you that uh, joined us later, all of you, thank you very much. And on behalf of The Jazz Show, myself, Gavin Walker, and radio station CITR 101.9, or, of course, uh, on your computer for live streaming, CITR.ca. So take care, and we'll see you in seven days' time. Bye-bye.